everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Back for the weekend review and preview conversation. Joining us to recap what was a very busy macro week. Glad to welcome back Senior Economist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Brian Rose. Brian, welcome back. Thank you for dropping by. Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Ben. Good morning, everyone. So, Brian, as I pointed out, it was a very busy week on the economic data calendar, including this morning, about 30 minutes ago, we did receive the August jobs report. Looking at the data, Brian, how did it measure up to your expectations, and how would you characterize the current health of the U.S. labor market? Well, overall, the report was softer than I expected, you had the headline non-farm payrolls coming in at 187,000. That was actually a little bit above consensus, but there were downward revisions to the prior two months of 110,000. And if you look at the average over the last three months, it's only 150,000. We were above 300,000 earlier in the year. So there has been a pretty sharp slowdown in uh, payroll growth. We also had a big surprise in terms of the unemployment rate uh, jumping to 3.8% from 3.5% in July. And that was caused by a big increase in the participation rate. So that hit a new high for the cycle, 62.8. I'll have to look at some of the details, but it looks like we have, we're hitting new highs in the participation rate for some of the categories that probably the you know, prime age workers have, have not only gotten back to the pre-pandemic levels, but in some cases are actually above pre-pandemic levels. We also had on the softer side average hourly earnings uh, up two-tenths month over month. Uh, we did have uh, one positive note that the weekly hours work ticked up the tenth. This is important because uh, you know, if you, you multiply the hourly wage by the number of hours worked, and that gives you an idea of what's happening with overall uh, wage income. So at least we did have a rebound of the tenth in, in the hours of work. So you know, overall, again, this data is uh, on the softer side. I think the labor market is still tight. It's, you know, even a 3.8% unemployment rate is, you know, historically low. But clearly, the labor market is softening, and we're not nearly as overheated as we were, say, you know, 18 months ago when the Fed started to raise interest rates. Okay, so some interesting takeaways from that jobs report, in particular that unemployment rate. Now, outside of the jobs numbers, Brian, what were some other notable data releases over the past few days? Well, we had other labor market-related data, which also was on the softer side. So. First, we had the Conference Board measure of consumer confidence, and uh, that had a you know, much bigger drop than expected. And within that report, they asked a question about the labor market and whether jobs are you know, hard or easy to, to get. And that uh, labor differential fell uh, sharply, and uh, it's the, you know, by far the lowest uh, since the recovery started. And you have to go back to sort of 2018 to see numbers at at that level. Uh, we also had the JOLTS job openings data, and that showed openings down to 8.8 million. Uh, this was uh, yeah, 12 million at the peak. Again, when the Fed started to raise rates, the uh, openings were 12 million. Now they're 
there, 8.8. And if you consider, you know, the the panelists talked a lot about the balance between job openings and unemployment. So the latest data shows openings down. It shows unemployment up. That the ratio of openings to unemployed is, you know, looking much healthier than it did just uh, you know, just a few months ago. Uh, the jolts also showed the quit rate falling, and that's really important because wage growth is highly correlated with the, the quit rate. And I think the high quit rate was one of the factors that made business, businesses feel like they had you know, severe labor shortages. So, you know, that uh, quit rate coming down is, uh, you know, is good news from a business perspective. And it does fit with surveys showing you know, that businesses are finding it easier to to hire. So again, you know, you add all this data together with this morning's data and it shows labor market is is softening. And one other key release worth mentioning is yesterday we had the personal income and spending data and their uh, income was soft. Disposable income was actually flat month over month, so no increase, but spending surged eight tenths. So you had strong spending, weak income, and that combination obviously pushes the savings rate down was only three and a half percent in uh, this is for the month of July uh, that that is I think you know unsustainable for the medium term uh, households are rapidly using up the excess savings that they built during the pandemic and you know, we're looking for spending to slow down uh, from here I think you know it's inevitable that the savings rate will rise it's just a question of of uh, how fast and, you know, if you're talking about downside risk for the economy, this is really the main uh, risk is that uh, you know, households again use up their savings and uh, are forced to to slow down the spending. This will, uh, you know, there's no substitute for consumer spending. If they, people start spending less, the economy overall will slow. I'm curious as far as how this data may influence the course for monetary policy coming up later this month. We do have a highly anticipated Fed policy meeting. What are your expectations and how do you think the Fed might be interpreting this recent string of data we've received, including most notably this August employment report? All right. So from the Fed's perspective, I think the labor market is still too tight. Even you know after today's data, uh, inflation is still too high. Economic growth is still too strong. Uh, so, you know, they're not totally satisfied where things are stand today, but you look at the recent data, it does look like the economy is starting to cool off. And if they just leave rates where they are, it might be enough to get inflation down at least close to the 2% target. Uh, so I think there's you know, almost no chance that they're hiking rates at uh, the next meeting, which is on the 20th. Uh, but a November hike is still a real possibility, depending on, on how the data comes in over uh, over the next uh, couple of months, mm, but again, if you you know, in terms of the positioning, it's too, it's too strong. But in terms of the trend, looking much more favorable for the Fed. I think they're you know they have to be really happy that it seems finally all the rate hikes that they put in up until now are having the desired effect and helping to cool off the economy. We'll definitely follow up and talk more about the Fed as we get closer to the policy meeting later this month. More near term, I know next week it's holiday shortened. Markets will be closed here in the U.S. on Monday for the Labor Day holiday, though anything taking place next week, Brian, that investors should be mindful of? 
so next week we'll get the Fed's base book, and you know the market always ignores this, but in my view, this is a really important uh, you know report. The Fed gathers information from across the country, and they gather it in that base book, and basically that tells us you know, what are the Fed's business contacts telling the Fed about uh, conditions, and you know, given the data that we have, I suspect they're they're going to say, yeah, the labor market is softening. There's less upward pressure on wages. Uh, there's less upward pressure on prices. And again, this this will probably be good news for the for the Fed. And uh, we do have actually just uh, a few minutes from now, we'll get the ISM manufacturing PMI, and next week we get the services PMI. This is uh, you know gives us a timely snapshot of current conditions. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes in. And one final thing to, to mention is we'll get the next week consumer credit data. And, uh, you know, as we've been talking about, the consumer spending has been strong. Increasingly, you know, that's been driven by borrowing. People have, you know, uh, loaded up their credit cards and taken on a lot of debt. And we'll see, you know, how that trend is continuing. Again, income was weak. Spending was strong in July. It stands to reason that consumers' credit will show a strong uh, rise. And the, the problem is that this is leading more households into trouble, right? They're, they're, they've sort of maxed out their credit cards, and now they're having trouble keeping up. So this is another very interesting piece of data next week. All right. So a few points of interest there to keep an eye on for next week, though. In the meantime, Brian, do wish you a nice Labor Day weekend. Thank you for dropping by top of the morning to close out this week. Very timely insights on the August jobs report. Looking forward to having you back again with us soon. Thank you again, Brian. Thanks very much. Again, today we have been joined by Brian Rose, Senior Economist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.